You're listening to the First Baptist Rockdale Sunday Sermons Podcast. First Baptist Rockdale is a church dedicated to making disciples who make disciples. We hope you enjoy this week's message. So I've been preaching through the book of Esther. We finished the book of Esther. Congratulations, guys. If you're checking off books of the Bible that we've gone through together, we're we're really pounding through a lot here. If you've been here the whole time, some of you are late to the party, okay? So you didn't get the full the full thing, but we've been working through the books of the Bible uh, in a fairly uh, shotgun-style fashion. Uh, we're going to turn our eyes for a little while to part of John. John chapter 1 is where we are today. Uh, it is the Christmas season, right? It's the Advent season. Uh, Advent is just kind of a time to prepare ourselves for Christmas, the arrival of Jesus Christ. But Advent as a season reminds us that Jesus came and he's coming again, right? And this, we live in this in-between time uh, between the two arrivals of Christ. And so uh, we celebrate his first coming while we expect and wait for his second coming. Uh, we're going to be in John chapter 1. Uh, someone asked me um, what I was going to be preaching, if I was going to be preaching the Christmas story. And I said, well, I'm going to be like kind of on the side of the Christmas story. Because if you ever read John's gospel, John doesn't give you the beautiful... Uh, idyllic Christmas story like Luke or Matthew might give. You don't have angels announcing the birth and shepherds and wise men and um, flocks by night, right? You don't have all the Christmas carols um, being being told at one time. In fact, I don't know of a Christmas carol based off of John 1.1, right? We don't don't usually uh, see it in that way, but that's where we're going to look at because it tells us the beginning of this story of Jesus Christ. And this is what it says in verse 1 of John chapter 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. We're going to stop here for just a little bit. What John is doing, and in John's gospel, the purpose of John's gospel, is so that people might believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is the Messiah. That's the purpose statement that John gives us for his book later on. And so the entire thrust of John's gospel is to give Jesus' divine origins um, to, to humanity. And so he starts in the beginning, right? And this in the beginning reminds us, if, you, if you've done Bible much in your mind, you know there's another in the beginning part of the Bible. At the very, very beginning, Genesis 1-1, right? And in the beginning, uh, God created the heavens and the earth. But this beginning in John 1 is before even that beginning, right? It's before time began. When God created the heavens and the earth, it's this creative act goes out before creation, Jesus was. He existed before creation because he is God. This matters. It's theologically deep and dense, um, but it matters to know that Jesus wasn't just another created thing. He wasn't the highest of creation. He wasn't a special bit of creation. It's not that God the Father existed and then sired this Son, Jesus Christ, to to, to rule with him in some sort of semi-eternal reign. No, Jesus has always been. In fact, the entirety of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, have always been. There's never a time when they have not 
been. Time is a, is a tricky thing, and I don't want to totally break it on you today, but it's tough for our minds to really gather outside of time. I watched the movie Tenet. Has anyone seen the movie Tenet other than my wife and I? Um, you saw the movie Tenet? Oh, my daughter and I saw the movie Tenet. Sorry, Danielle. Uh, so, um, yeah, I saw... <laughs> Tenet is a movie uh, that, that came out during the middle of the pandemic. Best time to release a movie, by the way, middle of a pandemic. Um, but I watched this movie, and it deals with all sorts of, like, time-based issues and forward time and backwards time. And I'm watching this movie, and I'm about an hour and a half into this movie, and all of a sudden I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. Like, I, I don't know if this is now or if this was then or if these people are going, that you can travel either way in time, apparently. I don't know this, right, like in the movie. And so, like, I have no idea what's going on because time, when it starts, when it stops being before, during, and after and becomes, like, wasn't ever existing, really hurts my head. And so I watched that whole movie. It probably is worth another watch for me now that I at least basically understand some of what it's going for. Um, but it's just, it's confusing for us that there is something that exists outside of time. Because our entire existence happens like before I was here, I was there. And before I was there, I was there. Right? We're all before, during, and after. But there was something before all of those befores. Before, before became a thing, Jesus was. Right, before the concept of time existed, outside of the confines of time, the eternal trinity existed, Jesus being part of that. He wasn't created, he wasn't manifested, he has always been. And this is just basic level theology, but John starts at that point because he wants people to know he has always been. And not just that Jesus always has been, but Jesus is the creator. Sometimes we say creator God, and when we say that we think of the Father, right? We think of the Father who spoke and created through His powered Word, but John tells us that spoken Word was the Son doing the creation. In fact, nothing that we see today, not this pulpit, not this person, not the wall behind me, nothing that has been created was created outside of the eternal Word, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the architect of creation. He is deeply embedded in the very origins of everything that we see. And so when we celebrate Christmas and the arrival of Jesus Christ, sometimes we look at Jesus in the manger and we say, look, this is where he started. He started right here on this day in this place at this time. But that's not really true. It's just when he came to us. It's just when he came among us because Jesus has always been, and in fact, nothing would be if Jesus had not made it to happen. And not just was Jesus the author or the architect of creation, Jesus is also um, the life and the light of men. And this idea here is that through Jesus' life, this is a very important thing for us as Christians, right? We know that our life, our true life, comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Eternal life comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ, nothing else gives life outside of Jesus Christ. But Jesus is the author of life for humanity, and he's the light of men. This was a hard concept for me, but it's not like light, like lights. It's that he is the one who enlightens mankind. It's the idea of knowledge, light. There's no knowledge outside of Jesus Christ. And so when Jesus came to the earth in the Advent season, the first Advent, the Bethlehem story, the Nativity story that we 
long to hear at this time of year. What he was doing was he was bringing life and light to a dead and dark place. And you know, our world today is dead and dark. There is all sorts of darkness around us. And so we live in this period after the first coming of Jesus Christ when he brought life and light to mankind. And we see death reigning and ruling over the world. And we see darkness everywhere we look. The world is a dark place. You know, I have uh, six children. Uh, Just side note for for those of you who want to know about my family. um, I will legally have six children in like eight days. Uh, we're going to be done with this thing that we've been doing for two years now in eight days. Um, so we've been, we've been walking this path for a long, long time uh, with my sixth child, but that is going to be finished on December the 21st in the morning. Um, thank you guys, by the way, for your support for my family. It is a, an amazing, amazing thing to have a church family to support us. Um, but I have six children, and sometimes I look at the world that my children are going to walk through, and I'm like, Whoa. Right, and I'm not that old. Like I, I, I'm 38 um, years old, so I'm not young anymore. I can't claim that anymore. I was driving down the road the other day, and I had my sunroof open because my car smelled like cat urine. Not sure why, um, but I had my sunroof open, and the sun was hitting my very dark hair. Um, and there's something about sunlight on like just the. I have three or four white hair, and I don't know if you can see them. Um, there's three or four white hair in my head here, and my whole head looked white, like my father's, and I was like whoa whoa right like that so i'm not young anymore i recognize that but my children i look at the world that they're in and what they're swimming in and the and i'm like man it's dark out there it's a dark place and i'm sure my my parents probably felt that in some ways with us right like when i grew up we had beavis and butthead on tv like they're like man what a dark place and now i'm like that was wholesome tv guys That was wholesome TV compared to what, 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 what's out there in the world today that, that, they're, that they're running across on a day-by-day basis. It's a dark place. Right? You like to think of progress, that the world is getting better, but you look at the, the, just the moral decay, you look at what's happening around us, guys, it's rough out there. And in this dark place, in a place that's filled with death, it is good to know that there is one that brings life and light to that. Jesus entered into a world that was dark. If you've ever finished the, the Old Testament and you get through and they, they come back and they take, they're back in their land, uh, Israel is back in their land, but they never regain their previous glory. It's always a struggle and they're constantly under siege and there's no prophets, there's no king, there's no leadership. The country is in disarray. It's a dark place Jesus entered into that world to be the king and the light and the life. He does that today. He's entering into the world. He's coming again to bring final light, final uh, life to this world. We long for that coming because Jesus Christ came to dispel the darkness. That's why Jesus came initially. The world was dark and had no knowledge of truth. And now here we are 2,000 years later and the world is dark and has forgotten the knowledge of truth and he is coming again. You're a Christian, you need to know this. This isn't, this isn't fairy tale time. This isn't this might happen at some point. He is coming again. And then the certainty of the arrival of Jesus Christ, the fact that we know that Jesus is on his way and it's imminent, it could be today, should give us great joy. Because light and life are going to come. Darkness will be dispelled and glory and goodness will reign 
forever. The heart of the Christian should long for the return of the king. We should be looking to the hills for the king to come. From where does our help come from? That's, where, that's what our eyes should be on. And that our help will come from the Lord. Oftentimes we don't do that, right? We look to our bank accounts. We look to our uh, hobbies. We look to our spouses or to our friends. And that is where our ultimate sense of help and hope is. But I want to tell you something. Jesus is better than that. He came to dispel the darkness he will come again to dispel the darkness. But Jesus didn't come in a vacuum. He didn't emerge out of nowhere just uh, walking upon the scene. No, there was a preparation period for the arrival of Jesus Christ. Verse 6 says, There was a man from God, sent from God whose name was John. And he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light but he came to bear witness about the light. This John is John the Baptist. If you know the story of John the Baptist, John the Baptist, we'll hear about it in a few weeks, but he was a, a, a kind of a prophet of sorts, uh, a man who was preparing the way for the arrival of Jesus Christ. He was trying to make straight the path so people could be prepared for the arrival of Jesus Christ. And so John left wherever he was from, and he went out to the woods, and he lived in the wilderness, eating locust and honey and baptizing people, telling them to repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Right? God's kingdom is very near. Some of you guys need to get right. And people would come in mass to go see John, to hear John's message of repentance, and to be baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist. This is the ministry of John the Baptist. And the ministry of John the Baptist was the ministry of preparation. He was preparing the ground for the arrival of the Christ. And so his daily uh, purpose was to get up and to walk the path so that when Jesus came, the path would already be established. There would be people ready to follow. In fact, in a couple of weeks, I was working through this uh, yesterday with my, my preaching group, but in a couple of weeks, right, John's going to be there, and Jesus is going to show up, and John's going to hit two of his disciples, followers of his, and say, go follow that guy, you're done with me. right? Because his whole purpose in life was to prepare the path for the arrival of the Christ. And when the Christ came, John decreased so Christ could increase. He wasn't the light, but he bore witness to the light. He wasn't in, inside of himself the one to bring hope and joy to the world, but he knew who that one was going to be. And so he told the world, look for this one, repent, because he's coming Soon, right? Jesus Christ came to dispel the darkness. John came to bear witness to the light. And we as Christians today, in the dark place today, get to stand in the shoes of John the Baptist. Right? We're in a Baptist church. That makes sense that we would stand in the shoes of John the Baptist. I don't know what the Methodists do. Right? We get to stand in the shoes of, they get to stand in the shoes of Sean the Methodist, probably. Not nearly as impressive guy, right? But John the Baptist, that's who we got. But that's... Not sure. I guess the Methodists can take John the Baptist role too, maybe. But, right, right, we get to stand in the shoes of John the Baptist because, like, John prepared the path for the people of his day to be ready to receive the Messiah. We prepare the path for the people of our day to receive the Messiah. You are not the light in and of yourself, right? When you go and share the gospel, when you go and love people, right, it's not you being an awesome, good person. 
right? It's Christ being reflected off of you, right? We are supposed to be mirrors of the goodness of God so that when people see our lives, they see Jesus Christ. John's whole purpose was to bear witness for the light. When people came to the Jordan River, they saw the light. They said, oh my goodness, we need to repent. Our lives are a mess because God is coming soon. And when Jesus came, right after that, they said, and that was what we were preparing ourselves for. If someone was to stand close to you for long enough, would they even have a sense of who Jesus was and that he was coming again? Would they have any knowledge that there is a light that is coming to dispel the darkness in their world? Would they know that Jesus' arrival is imminent? Or would they know that you're good at small talk, that you keep up with the current events, that you have opinions about politics and sports uh, and the weather? Right? What would they know if they, if they were near you for, for a season, for an hour would they see Jesus Christ at all? Because when people went to John, even though Jesus hadn't even been identified yet, publicly identified, lifted up as the Messiah, like he was at his baptism, they would go to John and they would see the Messiah. In fact, some people thought John was the Messiah, and so John would have to say, no, you got it wrong, it's someone else. But he's coming, and he's coming soon. Do people look at you and see hope and life when they look at you? Right, right? Do you dispel darkness where you go? Do you bring life to dead places when you show up? Because I think for a lot of us, we don't. We don't bring life to, to dead places. We don't bring light uh, to dark places. We just kind of blend in. And we think somehow that's some sort of stealth evangelism, right? Like, hey, if I can kind of act like these people and I can kind of fit in in this situation, in 10 or 15 decades, I'll be able to share the gospel with these people. The world is not in need of stealthy Christians to blend in. We are not trying to infiltrate dark places by looking like darkness. Right? We are to stand out because we should bear witness to the light which is Jesus Christ. If Jesus has come, which he did come, and Jesus promised that he will come, which he did promise he will come, then we stand in the middle, shining out Jesus' love to the world, saying he's coming again. His imminent arrival should compel us to share the gospel. His imminent arrival should share us to be generous uh, with the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Right? The fact that Jesus is coming again. And the fact that there's nothing in my mind that is holding him back except for his own grace and patience from coming again should compel us to give generously to the causes that support the gospel work for Jesus Christ. That's your churches, places like this, which y'all have done great, by the way. Thank y'all for your generosity over the course of the season. But really also to those missionaries who are living on the front lines in places that are total darkness. You can't throw a rock in Rockdale, Texas without hitting a church, right? They're all over the place. They're buried in neighborhoods. I, I live in the middle of a neighborhood, Snob Hill. That's right. Get used to it, right? I live in the middle of a neighborhood, and there's a church behind my house. I don't even know why. How? How did they find that spot? As we, we threw churches everywhere in Rockdale, Texas. Places no one would accidentally drive by. We have churches. Churches all over the place. But if you go overseas, 
Or you go even go into places of our country that are less church than Rockville. Go to Wisconsin, uh, where my parents lived for, for, for several years. Right? There, there is a darkness that is prevalent. In some places of the world, the only Christian witnesses that exist in that world is the missionaries that exist from the International Mission Board, and they're able to be there because you saw value in what they were doing. If Christ truly did come and is coming again, and there are dark places in this world where we can reflect the light of Jesus Christ, if putting another $20 to a Lottie Moon Christmas offer can keep that person on the field and prepared to do it, it's money well spent. It's an investment well made. I'm not here to guilt you into giving another $20, though you should. You should. Because there's not a better place. I don't know of... Look, I'm in the church world. Spoiler alert, I am in the church world. I don't know of a better opportunity to impact the nations with the gospel of Jesus Christ and what they do there. But what we do, and I know it because I'm one of you, what we do is we prioritize our spending and say, well, I've got... I have six kids, by the way. That's a lot. Right, so I've got to get gifts for all of these kids, and then I've got to get gifts for these people, and then I've got to get gifts for these people, and then I want to, I want to be able to do this, and I want to do this, and then I stretch out my, my, my money, and I stretch it to the end, and when I get to the end of the money, I'm like, well, that's all we got. Now, somewhere in that is my Lottie Moon Christmas offering, right? But it's in my budget money. Like, this is what I can give, right? This, 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 this is a couple hundred bucks right here. I'll give over there, and that, that's where I'll put my money uh, towards that. I'm telling you to do better because there's something out there that's bigger than this. There is a dark world, and as Christians, we're called to dispel the darkness. Personally, we're called to dispel the darkness. Where you walk, where you enter into the world, it should be brighter. Not because you're light, but because you reflect light. right? But also where we prioritize our money, where we prioritize what God has blessed us with, should also prioritize that as well. It should look like we're putting our money towards things that show light as opposed to things that show darkness, right? I have Netflix. Uh, I've had Netflix since I was, I don't know, like 28, probably 10 years. I'm a long time Netflix user. I don't know how much money Netflix has got out of me. They keep raising the rates though. I got an email. My wife gets the email. She had an email last, last month. So they're going up to 20 bucks a month. By the way, I don't know if I get $20 worth of enjoyment out of Netflix in any given month, right? 20 bucks a month, 1999 or something like that. Get the number right. I got the number wrong. I'm close. She's not communicating with me at all. You know I'm talking to you right now, right? It's higher? It's higher. It's lower. Uh, $18.99? $17.99? Oh, there it is. You, God gave you vocal cords, honey. I'm up here. I'm sweating. I'm dying. I got all these people. The whole internet. You know how many people are watching on the internet? Seven billion people on the internet right now. Seventeen. I, I, maybe I get. It. I don't know. Maybe I do get eighteen dollars. Twenty is too much, right? But there comes a time when I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'm giving money to the wrong place. Netflix is a pretty dark world. I'm not going to lie to you. When I give my eighteen dollars to Netflix, I know I'm not just supporting watching my sitcoms from my childhood, right? There's some stuff in there. I'm like, hey, it's not all the best stuff that I'm putting my money towards, right? And at some point, I have to prioritize. Right? Is that eighteen dollars better spent there? Or is there a better place for me to put that money? Is there a better, more kingdom-focused way to put that money? Is there a better way to spend that um, for the benefit of God's kingdom, for the benefit of Matt Hingham? Is there a better way to do that? My guess is most of us have some areas that if we were to be honest, there's some areas where we have not uh, chosen, for whatever reason, to prioritize God's kingdom. Instead, we prioritize our entertainment uh, or, or whatever over that. But Christian, you, you exist. The reason you exist, the reason God has not called you home yet, 
is to bring light into the darkness of this world. And it's not your light, it's God's light. John was not the light, John just bore witness to the light. You are not the light, Christ is that light, but you are to bear witness to that light. In fact, the entirety of, of, of the Christian groups, the entire Christian world exists to bring light to a dark world. It's sad to me the number of Christians that can exist in a town like Rockdale and how dark a place like Rockdale can be. It tells me we're kind of doing things wrong. It tells me we're not doing it right. So we have to make individual decisions that we're actually going to be light in this dark world. We're going to choose to shine light. That means that people will know who you believe in and why you believe it because you know that he's coming again. He came, right, right back in, I don't know, 3 AD or 3 BC or 0 AD or whatever. He came, laid in a manger somewhere in Bethlehem in a stable somewhere. Shepherds came and saw him. Wise men came and saw him. Jupiter and Saturn aligned. By the way, this, right, right, we have this Christmas star thing coming on here. Um, it was ironic, right, that that's going to be the day that we finalize uh, our adoption. Uh, is that if we literally had to wait for the planets to align for us to get this adoption done. I think that's, that's what we just had to wait. 600 years we've been waiting for this. Um, right, right, the stars had to align. The, the entirety of the heavens called out the, the arrival of this child. John the Baptist had prepared, prepared the way for Jesus. He entered into his adult ministry. The entire world was ready for it because people were doing the preparatory work. Guys, the world today needs us to prepare them for what is a very true reality. The second coming of Christ is what my heart longs for. I look forward for the day when Jesus comes back. He's going to right the wrongs. This world is full of wrongs. Right? Some of you have been wronged. Some of you have, have experienced what it's like to be on the other side. Some of you are the wronger, uh, the offender in the situation. But, but a lot of us, we've been wronged. We've experienced what it's like to be on the, on the side of being slighted. But God is coming again. He will, he will rectify wrongs. Everything that was wrong will be made right in an instant. God's justice will come down and his love will be poured out on those who will have believed. And if that is true, and it is, are you preparing those around you for that truth? Are you? I mean, do you know it? Do, I mean, do you believe that he's coming again? Because if you do, if you believe this Advent thing is telling us about a future arrival as well, what you're doing now matters. How you interact with people now matters. How you talk to people matters. It matters. So go and bear witness to Jesus Christ. It's the entire purpose for your existence. If you were not here to bear witness as a Christian for Jesus Christ, God would already call you home. When we baptize you, we would hold you under until you die, and then we would be done with you. Got them saved, get them baptized, hold them under, now send them off to the funeral home. Because there would be no purpose for your life, but you have a purpose for your life, and that purpose is to make Jesus known to the world. So when people see you, they see Jesus. When they talk to you, they hear Jesus. And that happens through being with Jesus. Jesus. John's going to talk a lot as you go through his book about abiding in Christ. Being in with Jesus Christ. And that, that comes from personal spiritual disciplines. Are you with Christ? You can long for his arrival, but are you with him? Do you smell like him? I, I used that phrase a lot yesterday. Um, the idea of, 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 you know, sometimes you read something, or you, or you see something in the world out there, and you're like, man, that just, 
looks like Jesus, looks like something Jesus would do. It smells like Jesus. There's a story in the Bible we'll talk about later, but but I'm like, man, that just it feels like Jesus. Whether or not that, that ever, it, it just it, that's a Jesusy sort of thing to do. Do people get that sense when they're around you? Do you look? Do you smell? Do you feel? Do they do they hear? the words of Christ, and if they're not, it's because you're probably abiding poorly. Instead of choosing to abide in His Word, instead of choosing to abide in prayer with Him, you found other ways to put yourself with other influences. And so you abide with, you know, the Texas Longhorn football team. God rest your soul. I mean, I'm sorry, guys. Right? Maybe you're abiding there. Maybe you're abiding uh, with your, 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 your favorite political party situation. That's where your, your, your hope and, your, and, and everything is. You read. That's what you read. It's all you care about. Right? You know every single potential appeal to the Supreme Court that's being made out there. You know every single potential appeal to the Supreme Court that's being made out there. I'm just saying maybe, like unless you're involved in that personally, maybe you're spending too much time in it. Because you're personally involved in the mission that Jesus Christ has given you to go to make disciples of all nations. Like you're personally responsible for that. So how about you spend a little more time there? And I'm guilty of that. There's things that I spend too much time on. Like I know the whole James Harden saga for the Houston Rockets right now. I am, I'm up to date with every detail on that. Right? There's stuff I spend too much time on. I am like you. I got in trouble a few weeks ago for not identifying myself with you guys. I'm, I'm worse than y'all. Y'all are great. I'm terrible. But y'all still stink too, okay? <laughs> so let's, let's work to look like Jesus Christ. Let's abide with Jesus Christ, and then let's fulfill what God has called us to do, which is to bear witness to a lot of Jesus Christ. He's coming. We celebrate that his coming is, is, has already happened, and then we're going to celebrate that his coming is happening again. It's certain. It's true. Just like it happened 2,000 years ago, it's going to happen again. It could be today. Are you ready for that today? Let me pray.